You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris. I'm hosting for the first time in a long while. Uh, and tonight I'm joined with uh, John. Hey Chris, welcome back. Uh, first mistake is already joined with John, not joined by John. So, <laughs> aye, that's gonna be a long night. <laughs> oh, you're off to a flyer. Aye, not to worry. So it's uh, we didn't have any last week because everybody was on holiday except me. Uh, so we can uh, round off the World Cup because when you I, you uh, spoke to John two weeks ago, the semi-finals hadn't taken place and we're still all living in fear. But uh, as it happened, everything was fine. Yeah, it was, um, well, for me in particular, it was a bit of a, a magging down to England when they win the World Cup. But um, fortunately, I could um, relax by last we- uh, that Wednesday night. Um, but it was it was quite weird because a lot of us thought that uh, because Croatia went through two rounds of extra time penalties, that um, they would be the ones that tired. But... Um, you would have thought England were the ones that had been through that um, twice because, uh, you know, they really, really ran out of gas big time um, in that second half and in extra time and they just did, had nothing to get back in it. But, um, but yeah, there's no doubt that after a good start by England, and they could have been two or three up by half time, Croatia were by far the better team after that. It was a very strange game, you're right. Uh, England could have been two or three up by half time and then once Croatia got the equaliser, they probably should have won it in... Uh, the 90 minutes and I thought given that you're saying that, that they'd had the, the two rounds previously going to extra time and penalties that Croatia would be out on their feet and they did kind of look at like, in the last couple of minutes of, of regulation time but they seemed to find something in extra time uh, and it was England that looked like they were out on their feet so yeah ah, yeah. I mean Croatia I've got a bit of a soft spot for Croatia and it dates back to like, France 98 when they, they last finished um, in the oh, last week's semi-finals finished fourth Third. Oh, they finished third. They won oh. that playoff against Holland that oh, okay. year. Ah, so they did, yeah. So, yeah, I had a soft spot for them. So that was the year I managed to correctly predict the semi-finals. Um, not so much luck this year. <laughs> Especially with Brazil and Germany, my prediction being the final. Uh, got nothing near that. But um, once, uh, once the second round had been uh, finalised, I managed to get the semi-finals right up in the second attempt. Um, unfortunately, I had an England-Belgium final because I thought it was going to be a, a replay of the the dead rubber that was in the group stage where uh, neither of them fielded the strongest teams and it must be a bit of a record that, that England and Belgium managed to play two games at the Royal Cup against each other and neither of them mattered yeah that's true although for Belgium technically it got their best ever finish at a World Cup because they um, yeah. won that playoff but uh, yeah it England's really second best I think yeah. England's second best was Italia 90 when they lost uh, Italy in the third place match so yeah that's uh, right Obviously, they've got a victory as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, it is a bit of a dead rubber game. Um, there wouldn't be a lot of people watching it. Um, but Belgium were, I would say, quite unlucky in the semi-final, but I thought uh, France showed their game management, showed that they, they learned a lot for Euro 2016. Um, they took the lead and Belgium just couldn't get through it. I thought they defended very well, the French, and uh, um, it set up that, that final. Um and the hope for me before that was that 
it was going to be the best World Cup final I'd ever watched because, let's be honest, there wasn't much before it because from Italian 90 <laughs> yeah. to 2014, there was not one good final between them. <laughs> so it wouldn't have no, been I, thought, but... I think France 98 is probably the closest to having a good final because yeah, I mean, that was a decent game, but there was always a, a doubt over it because of the, the Ronaldo thing. But um, yeah, it was the, the game was terrific to watch. Um, obviously, the controversy with the VAR, which I'll be honest, I kind of agree with the referee in that one. It took a long time to get there, but um, the we looked this up a couple of years ago actually because there was an incident at Tynecastle in a Hearts Celtic game, uh, and that was kind of where I learned exactly what the terminology was for the the handball that I had. To, it was because it's hand to ball, not ball to hand. There's none of this unnatural position or any of that stuff. If you move your hand towards the ball, whether you meant it or not, it's a it's an infringement, and therefore because it's in the box, apparently. And in that instance, I thought, like, once you've seen it in the replay, and as the referee did and took his time to do it, it's ball, it is not ball to hand, it's hand to ball. The hand goes towards the ball. So, technically, correct. Um, I think I might be in the minority in that one, but um, if people go read the rule book, I think it's, it's the correct decision. So, for me, I thought that was a great um, demonstration of how VAR can work to get the letter of the law right. Yeah, the the thing about VR for me is that it's it is taking too long. I mean, for me, I don't. There's two things that strike me because um, you think about rugby and when they have a video with, um, assistant, they put it on the big screen, um, for so the fans can have a look and see. All right, I see why the referees maybe got to his decision. They don't do. They didn't do that in the World Cup. Um, it was just um, the retail looked like um, it was all self service. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be brutally yes. honest, I'd got one of the memes about it and one of the pictures that was doing the rounds, so that's where I got that from. Um, oh, I've seen a few, I've seen a lot uh, EastEnders, I think he was watching on the, the telly, and then of course you get the guys about <laughs> the studio that are watching, well, um, X rated videos. <laughs> the one I've seen. <laughs> but uh, you get, I've seen a few memes of that. Uh, hey, how come that never made it to the group chat? It's poor show. <laughs> oh, right, I'm right forward that one later on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but the other thing is, you've got these guys who are dressed up in the kit in the studio. Why the kit, I don't know. <laughs> but why can't they make the decision? You know, there's none of this. Go look at it. Just, yeah. we've got the better view. We've seen five different um, angles between us. It's a penalty. Um, because VR, I must say, does work um, in, in its practicality, but. It just takes too long. But there was even a couple of instances, like John and I mentioned the Iran penalty that they got against Portugal, which was never a penalty in a million years. I mean, that's one where, no, where's the harm meant to go? Whereas the one with Perisic, um, it is out. Whether he's meant to do it or not, he has put his arm out. And I can see why it was a penalty, but I can understand why people are saying that's never a penalty in a million years. But the bigger decision before that was... Uh, the free kick led to France's first goal. That was more debatable. That was never a free kick, but um, you still got to defend it. And Mandzukic was unlucky, to be fair. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure if it was a free kick or not. Well, I think I think it was a free kick, but I think Griezmann was already on his way down when he got clattered. I don't. If he'd stayed on his feet, I think he was getting clattered anyway. So it was clear Griezmann was looking for it. It's one of. I mean, again, we're going to go back to this every season. Just about. it's one of these ones where I want to book the guy for diving and give the free kick. 
Because mm-hmm. the, the challenge came in, the challenge wasn't getting the ball, um, but, but Griezmann certainly went down before the challenge came in. Um, so, again, I can see why people were complaining that it wasn't a free kick, but I mean, I think there's arguments for it and arguments against it. Yeah. But I would, I would, I'm happy for it to be a free kick. I don't, I don't think there was anything majorly controversial in that final. It's not like it was like. Eight, uh, eight years ago now uh, in the Spain-Holland game where the, the, the referee was just atrocious and we're getting kung fu kicks we're just getting bookings <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was one of the oh. worst game of footballs ever you know but um, thankfully we got a better final this time um, yeah I mean it was the highest scoring final since the Brazil-Sweden in 1958 I think yeah it was the joint highest fin- um, final goal scorer no, since 58 but, no, but, but it can't like be joint no heights scored because that was 5-2 as opposed to 4-2 no I mean joint heights since there was two other finals there was the France-Croatia and then there's a, that year that we won't mention because um, that was the same scoreline ah that was after extra time oh. ah true it's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to get out of that um, I thought Croatia dominated the first 15 minutes but they didn't really create a lot but France yeah. then put the gas on the second half and and then they they showed their class by getting the two goals to go forward and pretty much killed the game. They even allowed themselves that ridiculous mistake by Loris. I don't know what he was thinking. Of. <laughs> he just thought he was an outfield player. I mean, that's the second bit of strange goalkeeper scenario where goalkeepers have thought they were outfield players. Like you had that one with Neuer playing left wing to try and get Germany back yeah. in the game and then Loris tried to take on Manzukic. You, know, you can give Neuer the benefit of the doubt there because he is trying to get Germany back in the game. I have no idea what Harish was doing. <laughs> but the, the Neuer thing, why is he not going in the box? If he's wanting to help his team, he should be in the box and be yeah. an extra man in there, not going out to play his left wing. But Loris, no, that was just crazy. But um, it's, it's like he didn't see Manzukic <laughs> at all. I think he sees him at the last minute he's trying to be clever because the pass that he was looking to play out was about to be cut off so I thought I'd better try and turn and um, get past Manzukic and look for another pass but Manzukic was clever enough to um, make the tackle and it went in the net. Um, yeah. it, it would have been interesting if Croatia then got another goal after that to see how the, the, the ending would have been but uh, it wasn't to be that was the, the last goal of the game but I mean I can't complain it was uh, it, it's the best World Cup I ever remember Um Certainly, best World Cup final, as you say. Um, there's been some absolute howls over the years, so it was a, an entertaining game and an entertaining tournament. So I've been, I've, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, me too. We had, we had one nil nil in the entire tournament, and it was a dead rubber between France and Denmark. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, and I'm I, as much as you can say that England were on the easier side of the draw and got all the way to the semi final, they obviously enjoyed it themselves and all the hype of how they could do, and then going out in the semi-final again and even won a penalty shootout for the first time in the, the World Cup history um, had they made the final I don't think I'd really grudge them too much mm-hmm. because I mean they were you can only beat the teams that are in front of you um, they kind of managed to get past Colombia uh, maybe a bit of luck because James Rodriguez was out injured but um, yeah any time they played anybody of decent quality they lost but having said that, the yeah. other side of the draw, the, the, the supposed good side of the draw, had a lot of disappointments. So for all there was a supposedly this easy side of the draw and a harder side of the draw, I don't think it was as big a golf as people were making it out to be. Because I think the it was a very open tournament 
they like I mean, you I have to give you credit, correctly predicted the winner in our, in our preview podcast. Mm-hmm. You took France. Um and I mean even when I was doing my predictions originally I had France getting to the semi finals. I doubted whether France had the mentality, um, even after the the Euros where they, they probably should have beat Portugal in the final. Um, it was they were still a very young team and I didn't know if they'd have the mentality to get all the way to the final and win it. But full credit to them, they did that, they did it in style. Um and Bappy, now again, going back to nineteen fifty eight, Pele scoring as a, a teenager in that final. And Bappy's now done that as well. Um but I, I thought it was a very open tournament where even even as it was progressing, you weren't, you weren't entirely sure who was going to win it. It could have been one of any teams. I mean, if Belgium had won it, I don't think MD had been surprised. Uh, if Croatia had won, I think we'd all have been absolutely delighted. Um, and it would have been well-deserved, because, they, they, I mean, obviously their highlight was getting to the final, but the, the, the defeat of Argentina in the group stages as well was, was a brilliant game. It was just masterly done. So it was not as if they didn't beat good teams along the way. They, I mean, Biggest challenge was probably beating the defensive teams. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, but I wouldn't say Russia were so much the defensive team. I mean, Russia took the lead in that game. Um, but I, get, I, I do get that point. I just thought that Croatia at one point were going to lose their bottle because they had struggled in those two games. And again, going back to years 2016, Croatia, having beaten Spain and came through relatively comfortably in that group, were landed in the easier side in the draw and they blew it against Portugal. And I doubted yeah. whether they would... Um, no, in another opportunity where it was almost a given for me to get there, but they did very well. Um, it seems a bit harsh to say the blow against Portugal, which is Portugal went on to win. The I know that, I know that, Chris, <laughs> but I mean, that'll probably come up on our podcast, but um, you know, that Portugal team was one of the luckiest ones to win it. Um, and I yes, think, yeah, I, I totally have to agree. I mean, my biggest disappointment in the World Cup was how garbage Poland were. Um, and, but if you go back to the Euros, Poland should have beat that Portugal team, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Yeah, and it was exactly the same problem. Poland just like two years ago couldn't put the ball in it, and this year couldn't put the ball in it. It was very strange, given what we all know the quality of Lewandowski. Yeah. He barely got, he was barely mentioned through the three games. Uh, but Poland did what they usually seem to do when I've been watching them in the World Cup, is they lose the two games, they're already out, and then win the dead rubber. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I going back to Croatian Mandzukic, he's now the answer of a, a quiz question for years to come. Yeah, first man to score an own goal in the World Cup final. Uh, and he also followed the own goal rule, where if you score an own goal, you'll then score it at the other end at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, we may come back to that when we talk about Habs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll come up. But no, congratulations to France and Mbappe. Um, you know, he's certainly one that's a future Ballon d'Or winner, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, I would think so. It'll be interesting to see if he stopped PSG before, by the end of the transfer window. Um, he may well be, but um, I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be staying at PSG forever. I think he may be moving to one of the more um, prestigious clubs for all PSG. have got bucket loads of money. Yeah. They're not one of the big names. Well, Real Madrid are looking to That's, replace yeah. Ronaldo. So um, the, the talk has been about Neymar. I th- you know, if I was a Real Madrid manager, that Lopetegui, I would be thinking, why go Neymar when we can go Mbappe? Yeah. Because Neymar just wants to stay on his feet. Yeah, um, the, the better investments from Bappe. He's a better quality player. Yeah. He's a better mentality, and he's younger. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's a no-brainer for me. I'd rather have Bappe in a team than, than Neymar any day of the week. 
Yeah, I would too. I mean, Neymar's a quarter player. We spoke about it last week, but he let himself down big time in that tournament by just falling. I think the stat was every nine, 14 minutes or something, he was having a fall. <laughs> before, <laughs> uh, before Brazil were knocked out, because I don't know how that what the final total that was, but he spent 14 minutes rolling about. Yeah. <laughs> 14 minutes? One of my favourite memes of the World Cup was, um, was the Proclaimers coming, um, Letter from America song, and it was Lockhaber, Neymar... Yes, yeah, I saw that one as well. Yeah. The, the other, I, I probably shouldn't mention the other joke I saw, but it was, it was um, if I said it mentioned Neymar's sister, you could probably go and look it up on Twitter. Oh dear, right. Um, <laughs> but it was, it, it was to do with the 14 minutes of lying down. Fill in the rest yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> and on that note, the World Cup comes to end, and we go back to domestic and well, I say domestic football, European football. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the, as but at the the end, or near the end of July anyway, um, we have all the domestic football going on in the Betfred Cup. While there are four representatives in Europe, and it is still four, we have managed to get through a whole round without knocking anybody out. That's the first time it's happened for a while. So yes, so good start. Um, how much further that will last, I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. Um, but yeah, well, we may as well start with Celtic. They got uh, past Arsenal without much trouble. Three nil one away from home, three 0 one away from home, yeah, at home sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was um, a rather easy to be honest. I thought they looked a bit slow at times in the first leg. Uh, got the goal just before half time, and were never really troubled after that. So um, not a whole lot to say about that. I could probably moan about the fact that Semenovic got himself sent off for well. I, I would still argue it wasn't as bad as a red card. Um, it's not, I mean, <laughs> if we go back to a reference I made already, you can do a kung fu kick and only get a yellow card in a World Cup final. <laughs> if, so, I mean, Semenovic was legitimately going for the ball and he's caught the guy's leg at his thigh height, at thigh height. If he'd been booked, I wouldn't have been surprised. Red card might have been harsh, um, but it was a red card. Um, and that now leaves Celtic in a very precarious position against Rosenberg because obviously Boyata was at the World Cup uh, and is still pretty much on holiday um, Lustig who was in the quarterfinals of the World Cup has only just returned um, so Simonovic is suspended that should probably leave Celtic with the, the next round against Rosenberg with a back central pairing of Ayer and Hendry yeah. uh, there's nobody else to come in really uh, what's so, happened to Comper? What's happened to Comper? Uh, he's permanently injured. So he's another he Raphael. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a top director. <laughs> he was in a, he was in a video recently telling us how he stayed at Celtic for a full twelve months to get all the pay because mm-hmm. he was getting paid so much money and knew he was never going to play for anybody ever again because he's a crock. Um, but yeah, so uh, we seem to be struggling a bit with defenders at the moment, unfortunately. Um, so it'll be interesting there's a lot of people saying ah we should do better against Rosenberg this year than we did last year I'm not entirely convinced of that um, for people that keep saying ah but we had a makeshift defence like, in, in that game as well well we did but one of the, the, the strengths in the first leg especially was the fact that we had Ayer alongside Simonovic so Ayer who was inexperienced at the time he's obviously got a bit more experience now he's a year further than at least had that steady hand next to him it wasn't a hundred percent great performance. There were some sev- there were several chances in that game at Celtic Park where I was uh, grateful that Rosenberg had missed <laughs> rather than uh, we'd stopped him. So I mean that game finished 0-0. Uh, and 
we struggled with strikers at the time as well. Unfortunately, Moussa Dembele is out for the next two to three weeks. He'll be out of both legs. Again. We, I don't know. He seems to be... He's, he's very tight hamstrings, unfortunately. Um, we do have odds in Edward. Uh, Lee Griffiths, unfortunately, is injured. But Edward, and we've still got the attacking uh, prowess of James Forrest, who loves these rounds. He was the man that got the, the only goal in a Rosenberg tie last year. I'm surprised um, so you haven't... Scott Sinclair, we've got some goals in midfield. Yeah. But, yeah, so we've got one fit striker and a very short number of defenders. Again, we come back to the problem at the, the defence. And Lustig, as I say, is just back. He won't feature. So it's a question of, do we actually play the the long-forgotten man of Costa Rica? Well, uh, Tony Ralston's back at the club, so... Tony Ralston's back at the club, but it seems... He almost seems out of favour at times, so I'm not entirely sure what we're going to do. Whether we play a back four or a back three. There's suggestion in the media today we're going to play a back four. So it definitely won't be Lustig, I mean, that was made clear at the press conference today. I'll be surprised so, if it's uh, Gamboa, to be honest, because there was times yeah. last season where he had no right-backs at all and he still couldn't even get on the bench. So yeah. I think that's how much he's fallen out of favour. But I'm surprised, really surprised that you haven't signed a new centre-back. Um, because even with what you've got, I don't think that's good enough um, for the Champions League because Simeonovic has proven to be a liability at times. So, Boyata, as decent as he's been, he's had a decent World Cup. He, st- he looks quite ropey in that higher level too. So I'm quite surprised Celtic didn't splash the cash that little bit to get in a, a real quality centre-back. But I guess they've got to think about the economics of it. Is it worth yeah. spending all that money on one player and all the wages on one player just to get in the Champions League when there's no guarantee that you'll get to get into Europa, let alone last 16 in the Champions League. I think the problem with that is that most of us have identified that that's the key position we need to strengthen. If we spend a bit of cash there, it will improve us to the point that we should be able to get through the qualifiers and we should be able to do better in the group stages once we get there. And it's one player. <laughs> so even even one quality centre-back is going to make the biggest difference as compared to anywhere else in the park. I mean, we've got the strikers. We, we have splashed out on odds in Edward, and I think that's been a good investment, to be honest. I mean, you can spend millions on strikers and get nothing, because we've done it over the years. Like Timo Puki and Amido Baldi and Mo Bangura and all the other names that have played up front and they've done nothing. Whereas this time, what we've done is spent a good amount of money. Um, it could be anywhere between four and a half and seven and... Nine million, depending on what source you need. A good amount of money for, for Celtic. But we'll spend it on a player that we had for 12 months last season. We know what he was capable of. We know the quality. So it's less of a risk than anything else we've done previously. So you don't really mind paying that extra money. You might get it back in a few years' time as well, should you, you sell him on and should he be a success in the Champions League. Or whatever we end up, because it's a, it's a long road back to the, the Champions League group stages this season with the four rounds. But yeah, I mean, my biggest concern is definitely the defence. It's just. Um, Hendry is still to prove himself, I think. Um, and couple that with playing alongside Ayer, who, again, has had 12 months of more experience than he did this thing last year. And he, did, he did pretty well, but for all he had that decent performance against Rosenberg, he played alongside Beaton in the uh, the game away to Astana. And it was just horrendous to watch because we were leaking goals all over the place. Did we concede four that night? Was it 4-3 or something that game finished? 
Um, yeah, it was four three in the end. I mean, you yeah. won what five 0 in the first leg. Well, yeah, I mean we were going there five 0 up, but I mean, I mean you see the four goals, you're starting to get a bit worried. Aye. In fact, we scored three ourselves, would probably help, but um, it was it was not it was not great. It was definitely not good performance defensively, and I think that more than anything concerns me going into this Rosenberg game and the first legs at home. So that's the game you definitely don't want to concede. It made a big difference last season, certainly not getting it was nil nil at home. We never scored ourselves, but. They never scored either. Made, I mean, once James Forrest got their away goal, they were chasing two, and they never really looked like getting that, which was great for us. Mm-hmm. I'm quite um, think to watch it as well. Rosenberg have sacked the manager. Sometimes you can get a reaction out of that. So, no, they'll be looking to, you know, atone for the um, a poor season that they've been having so far. And, and what better way to do it than the scalp of Celtics? But you never know. But. Um, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough task in lying and waiting if you do get through, A.K. Athens. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, these are what, you're looking at us thinking that Celtic and A.K. Athens and Rosenberg, these are all Champions League teams for the 90s. Well, all right, Celtic are the Champions League team for the 90s because Rangers were winning the league every season, but A.K. Athens famously knocked Rangers out in the mid-90s. Uh, Rosenberg were a team that Celtic did meet in the Champions League group stages the first time they were in it, and that was in 2001, so... I mean, these, these are good quality teams which are having to fight their way to get into a Champions League where you can finish fourth in a big league and you get straight in. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a mess, yeah, it's, it's so weighted towards the bigger clubs, or the bigger leagues, not even the bigger clubs. Yeah, ah, you're right there, it's bigger leagues because, um, you know, they're just pandering um, so that some of the bigger teams like the likes of Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid, DC Milan don't break away and form their own European League. Um, yeah. I still think one day that'll happen, but that's a debate for another day but it just shows how ridiculous it's getting and um, why we why we need I mean everyone's got their own opinion on it and they're um, entitled to that opinion but this is why Scottish football needs all their teams doing well um, because then you avoid the scenarios of um, Rangers Celtic Hibs playing um, the week, uh, and just before the World Cup final and Aberdeen playing before the World Cup quarter final starts and things like that you know the better our teams do the less chance that we're going to be in that position in, in the later rounds yeah, and just the point you were making about the Rosenberg getting rid of their manager and promoting the guy for the academy. Um, we did this. We had the same thing when we played Anderlecht in the Champions League group stages last season. They just sacked their manager, and Celtic went there and won three 0 which was great. Um, and certainly the team that we played over there were a shadow of the team that came to Celtic Park a couple of months later. So. If Rosenberg are a bit of a shambles right now, that could play into our hands. Um, did you see how Rosenberg got through to play Celtic? Because they really didn't. Yeah, did they not lose the first leg against the Icelandic team? Um, yeah, they lost 1-0 over there. And it was 2-1 to Rosenberg. Yeah. So they were going out in away goals. Um, and then got a very late penalty. for. If, I mean, if you think the handball in the World Cup final, like the VAR was um, soft... I'm not even sure I see the handball on this one. It looks more ball to hand this time. Um, if anything, Bettner pushes him. All right. So the, the the penalty that Rosenberg got in the 94th minute or whatever it was to get them through to this stage was very dodgy indeed. And this is another problem you get playing through all these qualifiers. You get some really poor refereeing. Um, like I said, I never, I never actually seen the, the second leg of the Celtic game, but the penalty Celtic got, everybody tells people it's never a penalty. Well, I've not seen any um, any football. The only European football I did see was um, a bit of the Rangers' first leg um, against Skippy. Um, it's hard to judge how they're going to do 
um, based on those two games, but I've not seen the Celtic one. Yeah, well, I mean, we may as well talk about the uh, the other game, the, the Europa League now. Um, but, but like you say, Rangers got past Scoopy, mm-hmm. which is a great name. Um, it was, I mean, it wasn't wasn't a great performance at Ibrox, but they got the first goal fairly early on, um, and then got the late second goal, and I think that probably meant they could go by a bit of confidence. To was it Macedonia Scoopy here from? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, um, got a 0-0 there. I mean, again. I'd, I've never seen it but I'm told it was a, a competent performance never really get troubled um, never looked at trouble in them either but if you're turning up for the first leg you're the job was done they're through to play um, Osijek is it? yeah Thursday night so. are they the team that's away from home? because um, <laughs> I think three of us are at home this, for the first leg and I think the Rangers are away from home I'd need to see the the fixtures. Um, fortunately, I've got my computer yeah. up. Um, but yeah, uh, Rangers are playing Osijek away from home in the first leg, so they'll right. be at Ibrox in the second leg. Uh, both Aberdeen are at home to Burnley. Um, I know that. And Hibs are at home to Asterisk Tripolis of Greece. Um, and I think of the three, I think Hibs have probably got the the best draw. Maybe um, it's probably it's probably a toss up between Hibs and Rangers. To be honest, it depends. How good they are in the Greek League and how good they are in the Croatian League. I think Aberdeen have been completely screwed by this, to be honest. Um, yeah. It'll be an interesting tie. I mean, I think Burnley haven't played in Europe for about 40 years or something. 52. 50, 52. Yeah, because that was an arse that they came up um, to put the fear in. Everyone in England were going to win the World Cup because last time Burnley yes. were in Europe was 66. So um, yeah. there was a couple of other wee stats. But yeah, that's going to be a real tough one for us. There's no question about that. I noticed that Burnley haven't signed anyone yet. Um, that might be a good thing from their point of view um, because they've got a sales squad um, the only lever from their point of view is that they've not had any competitive action as well as us and they yep. probably started their pre-season a little bit later than us but at the end of the day they've still got a team that finished 7th in the Premier League last year um, yeah very so solid. they have got a bucket load of money I mean you, you can get relegated out of that league and get more money than you get for winning the Scottish Premiership yeah so I mean Burnley have probably got more money than Celtic which says it all real uh, it just it just shows the sickening thing that as a uh, British football just now it's just um, so ridiculous that you know that Celtic can win their league and get like, a lot less money. Even some Championship teams get more money than the, the winners yeah. of the Scottish League. It's yeah. just um, it's just obscene, um, and I don't see that narrowing anytime soon. Um, although we're hoping for a good TV deal. Um, the next couple of years because talk is that either BT or Sky are going to go alone and with the steer of Jera versus Brendan Rogers thing there will be um, more yeah. money put in I think um, yeah. so hopefully there'll be more money coming our way but not enough to yes. bridge that gap not no, enough to bridge that no. gap no it's not going to be anywhere near that kind of money um, we might be able to compete with the the other similar sized leagues in Europe because we're a bit behind that as well unfortunately mm-hmm. um, so that can give us a bit of trouble but yeah I mean Anything that can that can boost the league the better. Um, I mean, just we may as well talk about it. If, if Aberdeen can get past Burnley, um, they'd be facing a trip to Turkey. Is that Istanbul, Basak, Shira? Yeah, um, probably the strongest unseeded team there because yeah. we get Burnley seed and, um, and they've got like, Adebayor and Gail Cliche and uh, Turan. Turan and team. Oh, that's three positive walking Aberdeen team straight away. 
Um, probably walk in the Burnley team too, to be fair. But, um, <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, big yeah. names. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, if by some miracle you get past Burnley, you then get more screwed. <laughs> Aberdeen's draw has been awful (laughs) yeah we've just had no luck but we'll just need to see how the new signs settle in Um, and it also doesn't help that we've lost um, Adam Rooney um, to double his weight to double his wage to go play in the fifth tier of English football for Salford City enjoying the the, um, class of 92 project a lot of that a lot has been made of that and I I think too much has been made of it because Adam Rooney had kind of fallen out of favour so he's got a big money move to the first year of English football, which is sad. But to be honest, if he had Adam Rooney of a couple of seasons ago, it would be a bigger loss, I think. Yeah, because I don't think he's first choice. I think he's probably third no. uh, yeah. or fell down to third because, uh, no, Stephen May's obviously preferred striker because we paid money for him. Sam Cosgrove towards the end of the season was getting more game time and was looking quite promising. So I think, you know, he was third choice and he was someone that would probably come off the bench and he is in his series and at the end of the day for him yeah. he's got a chance to double his money uh, five grand a week uh, and then the wrong side of 30 he's going to take that to one last payday and he's not going to get much yeah. more than that his, his age but uh, now he goes with the, the best wishes Aberdeen fans yeah. and um, ho- hope he does well for Salford um, I'm just a bit dubious of the whole Salford City project because of the whole um when the Neville's in, yeah, because yeah. they put when they put over, they says that we're going to keep the community spirit and all the rest of it. Yeah, they're moving mm-hmm. a good bit away from that because guys like that who've played at the highest level and won what they did, they're not going to just settle for a community club. No, no, they they, they, they crave the success that they're used to. So yeah. yeah, they're kind of pushing that way. And then I think again, it's it's there's people saying this is a sad indictment of Scottish football. I think it's a sad indictment of English football. Yeah. That there's clubs out there like this that are just throwing the cash about in fifth year English football. It's like, whatever thing it means. Yeah, you know, if Salford United go bust at some point in the near future, you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we've seen it before in Scottish football. No, maybe when Gretna did the same thing under Brooks yeah, Wilson. It's exactly that, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they dared to dream, got to the Scottish Cup final, got to the, the top tier of Scottish football, and then the money dried up. And now Gretna have uh, got a Gretna 2008. Yeah. In the Lowland League? Are they in the Lowland League? They're in one of the Lowland Leagues, yeah. Um, area of the Pyramid. Yeah. But um, so yeah, had to had to start they, again as a new club. They fell as quickly as they rose. Um yes. which was a sad indictment and um you know, and I felt sorry for some of the teams that were in the league. They were trying to live within their means and they were overtaken. I mean, you knew blatantly at the time that they were spending money that they clearly didn't have. Like for example, one prime example, they took Steve Tosh from us because they offered them the same wage on a three-year deal when we offered them a one-year deal, and yeah. that was what three grand a week. You know, and Gretna's population is three thousand, so it was like um, yeah. a pound for every person that lived in Gretna that he was getting paid. And it wasn't just him; it was like say, uh, Kenny Jicker, David Bingham, uh, James Grady. You know, these were guys that were yeah. Um, but I mean, <laughs> you, you throw Kenny Jicker in there, and he was more of a. He he always came through the tiers with Gretna. So he yeah. started in the third he'd played for East Fife before that. He'd obviously started career at Falkirk. Um so yeah, it was I mean he was he was a player that didn't quite make it at Falkirk and took a step down and played at that level, but then worked his way back up and obviously got his, his Scottish Cup runners up medal scored. Scored against Rangers for him, right? Uh, never yeah. scored against Celtic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he scored twice so, yeah. at Ibrox in a four two defeat. 
There you go. See, you know more than I do. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nice. yeah, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I'll defend Kerry, and I'm not just saying that because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. It was just one of the first names that comes to your head, but the other ones like say, Bingham and Grady, uh, Tosh, yeah. etc. Yeah, guys. Chris Ennis is another one. The guys that put. Yeah, they went there for the money. Tosh, perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, so yeah, back to the point about Aberdeen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty screwed, by the way. We'll be doing well to... If Rangers can get past Osijek, they might get Maribor, who they've met before. Pretty sure Maribor have, in recent years have not both Celtic and Rangers at Europe. And Tibbs and Aberdeen. Um, there we go, see? All of our representatives. Uh, Hibs will likely face Mulder if I remember right yeah. I mean Mulder have need to play Albanian team Quatchy did Mulder not beat Celtic under Ronnie Dyla a couple of years back yes. as well yes yeah. it did sorry to bring that up and it was in the group stages because that uh, was when you had Chris Commons and having the rant at the side of the that's the right part. Yeah. which to be fair I did agree with Commons at the time it's not the way to do it but taking Commons off in that game was mad because he was the best player in the park or at least not Celtic playing apart. Yeah. Um, so I think every Scottish team has a difficult third round if they can get there. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, you're right, it probably will be Mulder, Maribor, obviously as a Turkish team, um, and AEK Athens. So it's the group stages of the Champions League in the Europa League look a long way away, and we're not even at, we're not even through the second round yet. So. Um, Wrote some review we'll be in a couple of weeks and see how we're getting on. Um, I would love to say that all four teams are in the third round in a couple of weeks. I suspect they won't. Um, but even if we can get more than one, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to think it. Um, I think uh, I'd love to see it sit here and say Aberdeen will um, squeeze past Burnley, but I just can't see it. Um, I think Hibs and Rangers might do enough to get through and I think Celtic will certainly get through so I think there'll be three quarters of the team through which would be oh. the first in a while because usually it's us and um, yeah. Aberdeen Celtic and then Aberdeen get knocked out in the third qualifying round and Celtic are left in their tod so my concerns are Celtic's defence um, I don't know what Rangers can do in attack yet and I don't think they know but they seem to be alright at the back um, Hibs well I mentioned it earlier on <laughs> Hibs managed to score no fewer than 12 goals um, across two legs, which I mean, there's only been a handful of times that we've got to double figures and uh, over two legs. But they also shipped, what was it, seven? <laughs> six? 12 six Shipped. in aggregate. Six, yeah, 12 six in aggregate, that's mental. Was it six four the second? It's 12 five, 12 five, sorry, 12, 12 five. five it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it was six one at uh, Easter Road. Aye. Yeah, six four in the second leg, and it all started with an F.A. Ambrose own goal, <laughs> who then scored at the other end. See, told you we'd come back to that. <laughs> see, see if somebody scores an own goal early on in the game, put money on them scoring at the other end of the park. Just a suggestion, any type scorer. <laughs> it's worth a go. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hibs. You would fear for them because of their defence, because clearly they've got problems. I mean, if you count those two plus the the, the final game of the season, they've scored, they've had something like twenty seven goals over the last three games, <laughs> and not all of them have been hips. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, the defending leaves a lot to be desired. Um, so, do you think that was the biggest fear for them getting past the um, the, the Greek team, whose name I forget again? Asterisk. 
That's just the course. Yeah, that'll be difficult for them um, yeah. if they get through. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was job done first leg. Kim Berry um, getting off yeah, the fire, scoring his hat trick. Um, I think he'll be a great signing. I mean, he also proved in the first in the second half of last season what a good sign he was going to be. Um, they got him doing a penalty for three years. I think it's going to be one of the signs this season. I think he's capable of scoring 15 to 20 goals minimum. Um, but as you mentioned, defensively, there's an issue there. Um, but we'll just need to see. Hopefully they get through. Um, but Lennon would have hammered them. Um, yeah. I didn't see any post-match interviews after because obviously I was on holiday, but um, I wouldn't have imagined he was nice. But one of my mates said that he could hear Gary Parker on the radio um, <laughs> going mental. So like, yeah, that's his lot. Yeah. So, um, so hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good week for the Scottish teams in Europe. We shall see. Yeah. Um, so we're turning attention domestically though because the Betfred Cup has been going on uh, and it's been uh, there's been an interesting narrative mm-hmm. um, not least Heart of Midlothian fielding an ineligible player <laughs> and being docked two points yeah. are, the, are the SPFL living in the early 90s? <laughs> do, they, do they think it's because there's group stages in the League Cup that's still 1981? <laughs> yeah. Two points? Excuse me? How do you get two points out of us? Yeah, so they still get a point, their extra bonus point, where it was. Yeah. Um, and t- Cove Rangers, who were cheated, get nothing. Yeah. It's, you know, we've had these examples before where you've seen, like, said, Breaking City get kicked out of the Scottish Cup. Um, I think. I can't remember the team that played. It was an non league team that played St. Murn back in the 2000s, but, um, you know, they were. They were getting penalised for having an ineligible player on the bench or so, an, an extra yeah. under twenty one player on the bench or something stupid yeah. like that. Um, uh, it's, it does smack of one over one and one over the other. I mean, um, Hearts should have um, been docked all three points minimum. To be honest with you, for um, me it should be a three 0 one because that's pretty much the standard punishment yeah. for this thing. And, and well, certainly in Europe, because we saw it with Celtic like a lot a few years ago. Well, Scotland get hit. Scotland get hit with that in the for the round of 21s because they play Stephen Whitaker against Italy in a two-two draw. Stephen Whitaker was suspended. You have said right, wiped out three nil Italy. Yeah, that's it's, it's a simple. It's, it, there should be a standard. This is what it is for an ineligible player. Mm-hmm. Just three 0 There you go. Um. So yeah, it's, 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 to dock them two points is just bizarre. I don't even know how you come up with that. So it probably keeps Hearts in the hunt, actually. Um, yeah. There's three points behind Kyle Thistle, and they play yeah. Kyle Thistle at home at the weekend, so if they win that, um, they'll win the group, because their goal difference is exactly the same. Yeah. Hearts beat County Beath 5-0 tonight. Um, yes. Inverness, if they get a point, get through. If they lose, prob- probably they'll will probably be one of the, the second teams, yeah. best teams, yeah. Yeah, because it's the winners of the eight groups and then the four best runners up that yeah. go through to join the four that are playing in Europe at the moment in the, the next round. Um, so yeah, um, I, I don't think there's really been too many shocks. I think the the, the biggest shock I seen was Spartans drawing with St. Martin. Um I think St. Martin won the penalty shootout, but still, Spartans non-league team getting the the, the top flight newcomers are taking them to a draw. That's pretty good. Well, St Myrna have just won another penalty show tonight against uh, Queen's Park. So they've not won a game and they've got five points. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, yeah. isn't it? I, know. <laughs> Did, it? I thought they'd won their penalty show against Kilmarnock in the first game. Um, 
Because it says here they've got five points. So that's three draws. They've got two bonus points from somewhere. Uh, well, well, the Spartans have got two points. The Spartans beat them apparently. <laughs> oh, the Spartans well, beat them? I don't think so, did they? I can't remember. This is this is showing how much potential from painting the, the League Cup sections. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I quite like Mother the fact that a bonus point was a penalty. Yeah, but I, I mean... Is it much of a shock if you're losing penalties? I think the shock is the draw more than the penalty shootout. Yeah. Yeah, so Spartans holding some to draw is a shock. Then it's a lottery. Aye, I suppose. But Strenard holding Mother to draw in the first place. Um, yeah. That was a bit of yeah. a shock. Again, that is a shock, yeah. Especially given Mother's cup record last season. But Mother um, beat Queen Sess comfortably tonight. Queen Sess with a qualified by a draw. So it looks so Mother will win the group. But Probably again, Queen of South will um, qualify as one of the best forerunners up. And Stephen Dobby's off to a flyer this season, seven goals in the three first three group games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a few like that. I mean, Chris Boyd, he had a hat trick the other day as well. I've seen that, talking that up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, there's, there's nothing standing out as a shock right now. It's, it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell because some teams have played three games and some teams have played four. And, um, I don't think anybody's played two, have they? Ross County. Ross County played two. Yeah. Dundee, Brecon, and Dunfermline have all played two games. Their games must be tomorrow because Dundee and Dunfermline played at the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Ross, I know Ross County beat Dundee United, so that was a that's maybe a bit of a shock. But even I mean, they're two championship teams, so it's not that much a shock. It's just Dundee United a bigger name. Um, yeah, it's. I was doing quite well in that that section A. Well, Dundee United's out. Um, they, they mathematically cannot go through now because Alois on eight points, Ross right, County's okay. in two. Um, Dundee United, um, Ross County's in six and Dundee United's in two. And Dundee United have played three games. So. Montrose, second in section B. That's kind of... I think George's not expected to win that, but Falkirk should be doing better than everybody looks at. Yeah, and Paul Hartley will need to be... Um, this, Two two managers I think will be under pressure right away is uh, Chablazo and Paul Hartley. Yeah. It's not worked out for Hartley as they thought it would since no, he's I mean, had since October. Yeah. Ah, you, you, I mean, he did eventually turn things around a bit for them, but they've been looking to start a lot better than the last season, that's certain. Um, Dundee's probably the other one, because Confirmer not beat them a couple of days ago. That, yeah, was, a, that was probably the other shock. And Neil McKenna had his usual. Um, Rant at the Moon. players um, in the in the press that he doesn't get criticised by the press for. But because he's one of the friends of the press. That's yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Actually, it's hypocrisy from the media. Yeah. Like, they'd hammer Neil Lennon, probably rightly so, when Neil Lennon does it, um, <laughs> and any other manager. But he gets away with um, we're doing it every single week. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I just thinking of this. This is another great comment I heard. Um, go back to. Celtic drawing AK Athens. You know how we've basically penalised um, Neil Lennon for celebrating a late equaliser in the last game of the season that was finishing five each? Mm-hmm. And he got like a couple of games banned for that. Um, compare that with why AK Athens are the champions of Greece. They didn't actually win the league. Really? They were handed the league. Um, something, I need to check the story exactly. There's something about the owner of, was it uh, P-A-O-K Thessaloniki, maybe? All right. 
So was it Panathinaikos or Olympiakos? I don't think so. But whoever, like, I can't remember who it was exactly who won the league, but um, they won it because they were handed it because the other team that had won it celebrated with taking a gun onto the pitch. Oh, <laughs> Talk about shooting yourselves in the foot. Which is... Hey, yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, on 12th of March 2018, the Super League Greece was suspended by Greek government until further notice after the president of PAOK, uh, Ivan Savitis, stormed onto the pitch with a revolver during the match between PAOK and AAK Athens. The suspension was moved on the 27th of March. Um, and AAK Athens eventually won the league by six points. Well, actually, no, I'm, I tell you what, because apparently PAOK were only deducted three points for that. So there you go. So AK Athens were still having champions. But yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, Neil Lennon running about celebrating a uh, late equaliser. Really not in the same league as the, 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 the Greek league, is it? <laughs> yeah, precisely. It was a bit um, mediocre, to say the least. And Lennon, yeah. to be fair, said at the time that um, it was worth it. So. It's, it's a bit of common sense, is all that was required there. It was like, yeah, it's a late equaliser. You celebrated. He didn't even do anything provocative. It was an airplane celebration. How many times have we seen an airplane celebration? I <laughs> too many times. Just it's ridiculous. I know. But I mean, I I I put my hands up. Neil Lennon can be provocative at times, but in this instance, I thought it was harsh. It wasn't like the cuffing of the years that he did at Ibrox. Um, that was worse. And even then, I think some people need to grow up. But <laughs> I agree. Probably including Lennon, to be honest, at times. Yeah. Um, but the airplane celebration is just a passionate man celebrating a late equaliser in what was a fantastic game of football. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think um, <sighs> I just lost my words when you hear things like that. Yeah, it's, I was just reading Wikipedia in the Super League Greeks. Um, PAOK were deducted three points by court decision. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but... Also in that league, you've had Olympiacos were deducted three points due to fan behaviour against AEK on the 4th of February. And Panathinaikos deducted two points due to fan behaviour against PAOK. Yep, just a normal... And I think Panathinaikos were deducted another three points for financial reasons the 11th of April. Um, and on the 23rd of April 2018, another three points were deducted um, for the same occasion. So they lost nine points and ended up 11th. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, poor Panathinaikos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Habs of Oz, that to look forward to, and Celtic may have that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. I know. It's just. <laughs> that's, a, that's another league that gets so much more money pumped into than Scottish football. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's not, it's not a glamorous league, neither like others, but it certainly gets more money than we do, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, oh, there is one other thing to mention about the League Cup. We finally got Eric Morecambe's result. Oh. Okay, it was on penalties, <laughs> but we got East five four four for five. Do you know? I've never actually heard or saw that sketch. I've seen many Morecambe White sketches, but I've never actually seen that one. Mm-hmm. I've, 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 I don't even think it's a sketch. I think it's just a comment to yeah. Oh, to Jimmy Gordon, the yeah. um, former leader, the scoreboard yeah. scores. Yeah. Aye. So, uh, aye, it's uh, we finally got it. I'm already in a penalty shootout, but still. <laughs> yeah, I think the more um, 
no Eric Morecambe stuff for football was um, the cough Arsenal. Arsenal, um, yeah. Yeah. And he's <laughs> looking town references because that's who he actually supported. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a big fan of the, the Morecambe Wise stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're in their level, to be fair, but. <laughs> No, I don't think I'll ever be as funny as Eric Morecambe or Ernie Wise. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, it's good comedy that didn't even need a lot of swearing. It was just clever and yeah. daft, but it was hilarious. I, yeah, I loved yeah, it. The, my my favourite sketch was always the one about the, the piano. You're playing on the wrong notes. No, I'm playing on the right notes. Just not in the right order. Andre Previn, that's the one. Yes, Andre yes. Previn, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that and the breakfast sketch has got to be the ones. Um, yes, yeah, oh, the breakfast sketch is brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, um, I don't even. I, we can't even claim this as us showing our age because Eric Morgan and Ethan White predate us. Yeah, <laughs> by quite a bit. Yes, Did, Eric Morgan died three years after I was born. There you go. See? Yeah, um, I can't possibly remember. <laughs> but it's the same with like the two Ronnies. You know that was. See, I, I remember the two Ronnies being on telly when it was in a run, but they'd been going for a long time, and yeah, I remember sure. um, Ronnie Barker retiring. Mm-hmm. So I'm at least old enough to remember that much. But no, I am. So yeah, working wise, brilliant. Yeah, can't beat it. Um, there's not much nowadays that come out that's even close to that. Not even a percent. No. But um, I just um, go back to. Football. I see that um, Simon Murray was wondering what was happening with him. Um, he's going to a South African team. Yes, he has. Yes, indeed. It's, um, it's a very odd thing that happened to him because he started off the season last season on fire and he kind of fell out of favour suddenly and I never understood why. Well, most of his goals were in the pre- Betfred Cup against yeah. um, mediocre opposition, but then he yeah, scored at Ibrox. Yeah. Um, but then, and he scored against Hearts a couple of months later after falling out of favour and come back in, and then he went to Dundee. It was his dream move because he's a Dundee fan, but he only scored in two games. Yeah. So, um, two of them were against the part of the test, which helped effectively keep him up, mind you, but he didn't really do anything at Dundee either. Um, no. No, I just kind of one. completely fell off the map. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why, so good luck to him in, in South Africa, but yeah. it was a very odd one. Um, oh, I suppose the other man that's uh, obviously made a name for himself in the past, Tony Watt, St. Johnson now. Uh, and he's been scoring in the Betfred Cup, so I'm interested to see who he gets on there. I would like to see him get his career back on track, I must admit. Um, yeah, we spoke about this last time, uh, the two Johns. He, um, yeah. no, he was in, he was training with us for a couple of months after getting released by his latest club. He's, yeah. um, and I said that I really didn't want him because I don't think, I don't like his attitude, I think he's got a terrible attitude. He said, He's at his 10th club for a reason. Yes. Um, and if he can just knuckle down and just cut out the behaviour... I mean, he's 25... What is he, 25 now? You know, it's time for him to grow I up. I think so, yeah. He's, that's not that old. But it's time for him... Right, if he can knuckle down and get himself back on track, there's a quality player there. I mean, you've seen it when he was at Celtic. Mm-hmm. He's obviously famous for his Barcelona goal. But even a lover game, he could see the talent. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised. I mean, he was he was at Celtic and he was getting games and he looked like he was going to be going somewhere and just something wasn't quite right. I, I, I was always disappointed that he left when he did because I actually thought maybe Ronnie Dyer could get something out of him and he left even to start of that. 
Um, I would have been really interested to see what Brendan Rodgers could do with them. Because Brendan Rodgers is the kind of guy that can turn these people around. Um, but oh, sadly, not going to happen. So, um, yeah, good luck to Mitchell Johnson. Um, if he can find the kind of form he was shown at Celtic. I mean, there's, there's a potential there for him to be a call-up for Scotland one day if he can really get back to it. And we're not exactly dripping in strikers. <laughs> well, it's up to Tony Watt to decide which way he goes. He can follow Lee Griffith's example and you know, cut, out, cut out the nonsense, get on with his football and show his potential. Or he could go the same way as David Goodwillie did because he was handed another chance by um, when he came back up to Dungeon United in Aberdeen. Never done it there, and now he's at Clyde. Bang the yeah. goals there for Clyde, mind you, but teams are yeah, not touching for other reasons. But yeah, he's, he was a better quality player than that. Yeah, um, but yeah, some some attitude issues there as well. Yeah. Scored twice tonight. He was linked to Livingston in the transfer window. Was but, it? Yeah, apparently so. I read that somewhere, but um, yeah, he's he's also staying at Clyde, and well, Livingston also signed Ryan Hardy and uh, brought Kenny Miller in as player manager. Not sure how that how that'll work. Um, I still don't get the whole David Hopkins leaving no. without a job to go to. No, it was a very strange one. Yeah, because he's not been touched. He's not been um, picked up by anyone. Bradford City went elsewhere. Carlisle's got a different yep. manager. There were the two that he was linked with. Um, You'd imagine he'll be a short list should anybody get sacked fairly early on in the, the season that he may get a, another chance with someone else. I don't think about a job too long, given what he did with Livingston. He got the best out of those players and took them promoted. Maybe, and I think it might have been as simple as he thinks he's taking them as far as he can. He wasn't going to get much investment, um, and it, I mean, getting them to the Premiership was far ahead of any expectation. Yeah. So maybe he thought he's done enough, like he can't do anymore. Yeah. And they can't, I mean, I can't blame him for that because if he really thinks like that, all that really lay ahead of him in the Premiership was defeat after defeat after defeat, and then sacking. May as well go on a high. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Livingston would have sacked him to be honest um, unless they lost every single game but um, he's obviously had his reasons financial probably won it um, but it'll be interesting to see how Kenny Miller does because he's obviously got to go to a club where he's inherent in the backroom stuff yeah. um, he's got the smallest budget in the league I mean Livingston had the third smallest budget in last season's um, league that they were in it was only uh, two part time teams that had a worse budget than him and so it's not to be unexpected that they've got that kind of budget again. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing for Kenny Miller is that he can play Kenny Miller now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will probably do a job for Livingston. So, yeah. Sorry, from, I think from that perspective, goal. exactly, from that perspective, it's a great move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives him the first chance. I don't think too much about expecting him because he is still sort of learning the trade. He's obviously on that small budget. So, um, it's, it's a good move for him, whether it's a good move for Livingston, we'll wait and see. Yeah, and I see Colin Salmon's gone to Motherwell and scored his, uh, his first two goals. Yeah, on loan from Hearts, which is yeah. odd. But yeah, I mean, uh, Colin Salmon's always one of these players that seems to cause Celtic a lot of trouble. I've seen him be absolutely horrendous against other teams, but he always seems to be a thorn in Celtic's side. Yeah. <laughs> we can never seem to deal with him properly. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, if he's at Motherwell, that could be interesting, because Motherwell one of those teams that were usually quite good at getting at Celtic as well last season, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this this league season pans out. Given the, I mean, Celtic will be going for the the eighth league title. Uh, Rangers are looking to try and catch up with that and get second place, and Aberdeen are looking to 
see if they can close the gap in Celtic and Hibs will be looking to do better in the fourth place because I think they were disappointed with that. Um, Hearts will be looking to be uh, an improvement on last season given the, the start they had, um, which was mainly down to not being at Dinkas, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Magic Mother will look to kick on and St Johnson will look to do better and you'll be interested to see how St Murn and Livingston do having come up. Um, I, I mean, I think St Murn could surprise a few people. Um, Alan Stubbs, decent manager, good move from St Martin's perspective to get him in. Given that they, I would never like to have seen Jack Ross hang about, but I think we were maybe we can't really say too much about that. Just, we want to go some try something else. So. Good luck to him. St Martin have made a good move given they'd lost him. I think so. That way. I'm not as convinced as you are um, about Alan Stubbs caught as a manager. Yeah, I get that he won the cup with Hibs. Um, that's tremendous uh, triumph for that and ending the longest running joking, joking Scottish football but yeah. you know I keep analysing what he was brought in to do his job was to get Hibs up first season um, they blew it in the playoff against a yeah. really poor Rangers side that the, you know, at the, one point were matched by Kenny McDowell second season they blew it against Falkirk um, in the playoff and then yeah. he left it the first opportunity to go to Rotherham so it's an opportunity for him you know, to I, get his I, career back in track I'm just I heard you say that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and it's probably the one thing I disagreed with because I think that was a decent Falkirk team that they lost to in the previous season. They were almost expected to lose to that Rangers team as Mullerwell were expected to lose to them and then Mullerwell blew them off apart. Um, that was a surprise. I never, I, even I didn't expect Mullerwell to do that. Um, but, I mean, the, the seasons that he had Hibs in the Championship were probably the toughest seasons of the Championship for many a year because you had Hearts in it and you had Rangers in it and then Dun United have obviously come down and that was when when Neil Lennon took over um, Neil Lennon managed to get them out but I mean, Alan Stubbs was close to doing it without managing to do it and won the cup um, but it was just it was tough seasons he was there so I'm likely to give him the benefit of the doubt the proof will be what he does with St Martin I think um, there's a smaller budget it's a different challenge uh, they are in the Premiership, so he's got that start on them. But I think um, certainly they'll be they'll be ambitious, at them. Yeah. and they'll not, they'll not be quite as ambitious as some of the things I've said in the past. Like you get Tony Fitzpatrick drunk and he talks about them winning the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> if he keeps them up and comfortably keeps them up, then I'm more than happy, to, you know, to hold my hands up and give him the credit um, he deserves for that. I mean, the League Cup performances, it's been three draws and three penalty kick out. Uh, sorry, two penalty shot wins. Yeah. Isn't really off to a great start. What I will say in his defence is that Simon let a lot of players go from last season. They've also yes. sold Lewis Morgan to Celtic as well. Um, other players will come back to their parent clubs. So he has a bit of a rebuilding job to do, and it will take time. Um, yeah. And let's be honest, the League Cup group stages are pretty much designed for that for the bigger teams. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, if he if he does well, I'll more than happily um, eat humble pie with that one. So yeah, uh, not. I mean, pretty much wrapping up here. Yeah. Um, there's no predictions this week because obviously it doesn't start for the week after. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how we get on. I'm sure we'll talk about predictions a bit more next week. Yeah, well, I've set the task to um, the well the regular podcast team to give us uh, predictions for next season, um, which I can't believe is actually next weekend. So yeah. um, I look forward to be putting that in the the forum and uh, talking about it all next week yeah so. well, one other thing we should point out because um, I've 
just remember that the reserve league's meant to come back. Yeah, we've changed the idea again. So we've gone from having a reserve league to an under twenty one league to having a reserve league to having a development league to having a reserve league. We change we, we just changed the name of this thing every other season just about and it pretty much amounts to the same thing. It's just how many reserves you're going to play and how many under twenty one players you're going to play. And for me, reserve league, just leave it as that because the younger players will be the focus and over the ones you want to get through. But it's a good way to get people that are coming back for injury, a bit of fitness. It's a good way for the youngsters to learn from experienced players. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, the one I always remember from a few years ago, I sat and watched um, a Celtic game at Airdrie Stadium, I think it was. Um, and I remember John Hughes sitting behind me. <laughs> I went along as the other game once. Um, and I always remember like, a bunch of youngsters for Celtic playing alongside um, Tom Boyd, who was coming to the end of his career, so I wasn't really surprised he was playing there. Uh, and, and Johan Mjalby, who was coming back from an injury. Um, and you were listening to, you could hear, because there's not many much of a crowd, you can hear the shouts. They're all, Johan! Johan! And had the ball. Except Tom Boyd. If Tom Boyd had the ball, if, if Tom Boyd was looking for a ball from Johan Mjalby, it was, Dolph! Dolph! <laughs> So you can see the difference in respect. <laughs> One reserve game I remember being at. This was this was back in the day when the reserve games were at the same time as the senior games. So my example was I was at a Rangers Aberdeen match at Stirling Albion reserve game, um, and on the same day Aberdeen were playing Rangers in the Premier League up at Pataudry. Aberdeen won both games that day. The seniors won two nil, and uh, the reserves won four two or four up at half time. Um, I can't really remember much about the game other than the fact that Scott Thompson was a captain. Um, Scott Thompson obviously went on to play for um, Dunfermline. Um, but, yeah, so... But in this new reserve league, it's still going to be on a Monday, the game, so there's not really a lot of opportunity for fans to go see it. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you go back far enough, what you used to get was the reserve league was was played at the same time as the, 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 the big league. So what you generally had was if Celtic were playing away from home, then the reserves were playing at home. So you could go to Celtic Park and watch the Celtic reserves play if the, the first team were on. Yeah, right. so, sometimes you had like 40,000 Celtic Rangers games. Yeah. Because the, um, the seniors weren't playing until like the next day or yeah. the Monday night or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, you, if, you, if you price it right, then you can get a, a, decent, uh, a decent number of fans in, but... Make it a Monday and it's just... Ugh, who cares? Yeah. Do you look if you check the result then? Because <laughs> when that again, it comes back to... It doesn't actually matter. It's about getting the youngsters through and about getting your other first-team players a bit of practice and a bit of fitness and getting them back for injury. Everything's geared towards the, the actual first-team squad. So, yeah, that's... I, I hope they can stop messing about with it because they seem to change it every so often. It's just... Yeah. If there's no consistency, then what's even the point? <laughs> yeah, if they want to change anything, they need to change the senior league setup. But that's another story. Yeah. We've had it for eighteen years. It's not going anytime soon. We're stuck with. Yeah, we still have the spot. We'll still have the stupid uneven debate when we get to about April. Yeah. Um, you'll still be trying to make plans for April and May when it gets to the start of April because <laughs> you'll know what you need to do. Whether you can your games on a Saturday or a Sunday or mm-hmm. a Friday night even. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a, not a huge fan of it. No. But as you say, it's here to stay, so I haven't found a better way to do it. 
Aye. Even though we've, we've probably suggested many d- better ways to do it, but yeah. You do. Exactly. Right. I think it's probably time to wrap this up because we've been talking for a bit of an hour now anyway. For <laughs> about over an hour. Yeah, a good bit uh, over, but. I, I, and, I, and I don't think anybody's noticed that we haven't actually watched any football. <laughs> oh, did I let that out of the bag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we probably still talk more sense than half the pundits on like, ITV and BBC during the World Cup. Yeah, we, we enjoy our football more than people like Matt Lawrence. And, and <laughs> we, we didn't mention England all that much either. I mean, we, should have, we should have taken a break halfway through to talk about England. <laughs> Oh, so is that just not is that just not what you do? Because I thought I'd in every single game at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go and do interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, we we need to know what Harry Kane's had for his breakfast Aye. in the middle of France Denmark. Mm-hmm. Aye, definitely. And that's, that's a bad example because France Denmark was born anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's great when you can pick out the boring game in the World Cup and not the good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, and World Cup's gone by 2010 for example um, I think there was maybe one maybe two good games in that whole tournament this yeah. year there was one maybe two bad games because yeah. even the games I mean this is something that John and I spoke about last time some of the games weren't great in the first half like Belgium and Japan probably summed up that World Cup it wasn't yeah. a great first half but then it burst into life yeah it got much better mm-hmm. yeah, and that happened a lot I mean even the games where it was 0-0 for ages you kind of get a weight winner or something yeah. like that something something exciting happened anyway yeah. it was just it was, it was really good to watch so um, so yeah two years time Euro 2020 it'll be moved about from place to place we won't really notice that but because mm-hmm. we'll just watch it all on the telly um, hopefully hopefully we're watching Scotland it? hopefully um, but no no luck we'll be the only host nation not to qualify yeah because <laughs> uh, we'll probably get drawn in a group with France uh, and Croatia and probably well we're uh, guaranteed Brazil. pretty much to get France given previous uh, Euro qualifying draws because we've had Italy Spain and Germany the last three yeah. so yeah. we're bound to get France yeah. this time oh bound to uh, but having said that the last time we played France in a qualifier we beat them home and away the last time we played Croatia in a qualifier we beat them home and away yeah. so Aye. bring it on just don't give us Georgia please don't give us Georgia <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we've still got the Nations League to negotiate as well against uh, Albania yeah. and Israel That'll be interesting. Well, yeah, maybe. We'll see how it goes. Oh, dear. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think we've probably talked long enough. So, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Good to be back. Um, Hopefully, we'll be a bit more regular now because I don't get holidays anymore. (laughs) And you've had your holidays, so we should be fine. Um, Maybe John will be back from his holiday next week. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the the preview of the, the league season. Yeah, that'll be a good show next week. Yeah. All right, so uh, thanks for coming on, John. All right, cheers, Chris. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Cheers.